Welcome to Digest and Invest, the podcast from eToro that brings you the top financial stories and discusses their effects on the markets. This podcast is for educational purposes and should not be taken as investment advice. Make sure you understand the risks involved in trading before committing any capital and never risk more than you're prepared to lose. Past performance is not an indication of future results. And now onto the podcast. Hi everyone, I'm Dylan Holman and joining me is seasoned trader Henry Ward who has over 10 years experience in the markets. Hello everyone, how are you? The podcast has a simple format which will see us talking about the top three financial stories in the news. This week we're looking at gold, Palantir and Jumia. First things first though, Henry, how's your week been? Week's been pretty good. We've had um, the stock market has been going pretty well. We've had a, a pretty big drop on the likes of cryptocurrency, and now it's uh, completely recovered as well, which is good for any um, crypto investors, whether you're Bitcoin or altcoins. So we've had US dollar weakness. So anyone who has been trading anything against US dollar, it's been flying. And we've also had New Zealand dollar strength. So yeah, anything that we've been basically looking at over the last week to 10 days has loaned. So I'm assuming that people have done extremely well out of it. Yeah, I mean, looking at the platform, the top two traded instruments is Bitcoin and XRP. No surprises there with Bitcoin actually reaching its highest ever value. Yeah, that, that's all down to our podcast, Dylan. <laughs> Always. <laughs> Always, always. Yeah, but look, no, things, things have been going pretty well. It's, it's on a nice bull run. The idea would be is now the likes of Bitcoin break the 20,000 mark, continue going up and then retrace back down to the 20,000 mark. And that would be a really good technical level anyone looking to trade off of. Okay, well, let's start with topic one then, which is gold. Gold's had a bad few months. It hit a high of around the $2,000 mark, but then it's steadily decreased since then. What's been happening? Yeah, so, so gold has had a drop of about 15% since the, the high of August, which you rightly said it was about 2000 Now, one of the big things that was coming down was the $1,800 mark, okay? So everyone was looking at that, and it just smashed straight through this so um it, it has gone through that resistance it's broken through it which now would be went through that support which would now be resistance so it, this looks like this is the end of the the bull run and I, I, if anyone is looking to jump into this for a bull run it would have to break that eighteen thousand mark again which would be which would be a big a big hurdle for that if i was looking to go along on goal at the present moment yeah, that's eighteen hundred dollars, isn't it? Rather than eighteen thousand dollars, just a little yes, bit of a difference yeah, sorry, there. 18, 18, <laughs> yeah, eighteen hundred. Yeah. Um. So, why is eighteen hundred this big psychological level that kind of traders seem to always be talking about? Yeah, see, look, traders love to talk about round numbers. It is, it's one of these sort of self-fulfilling prophecies. It's sort of a strange thing there that uh, the 1800, but it's one of these levels that it has, for me, I couldn't care less about round numbers. I, I'm looking for support and resistance and it happens to be at the $1,800 mark. So there, there is a, a really key level there and it is broken through it. Now, if the, the market now, because it, it, it's, it's quite a, a little bit below it. So once it, if if it retraces back up to that level and hits that ceiling, you will have a lot of short traders jumping in there. You'd be looking at that sort of level to hit. So 
when you when you put it into perspective, it's like it's it's like a self fulfilling prophecy when traders are looking at the likes of these levels that they're going, oh yeah, if I hit this eighteen thousand or eighteen hundred level, then it will it will drop. Or if we look at the charts back to as far as two thousand eleven or two thousand twelve, it hit that level three times and then completely dropped. So um, it is it is a, a key level and something that I'm massively looking into. It looks like a really good level for a, a technical short. So you actually look at gold as a short potential. Basically, yeah. So I'm looking at this as if you look at it, technically, it's a downward trend, which means there's more sellers in the market than buyers. And if it hits that technical level, yes, we'd expect short traders looking at the same level and licking their lips with it at, at the same time, because that is a huge technical support level. It's not, it's not um, a fundamental level. It's a huge technical level. So once we get to these technical areas, we will have orders that will be in at that particular point. We'll have potentially quants. We'll have potentially algo trades. We will have people who do technical trading all looking at that level as well. Now, obviously, if the market turns around, then it smashes through it. But if it doesn't, there is a there is a really really nice short at the level. So this is this is probably a first on uh, on the podcast that we're actually looking to short the market at a, at a particular level. You always have to be very careful though when you're thinking about doing a short position. You say you have to be, you always have to be very um, um, cautious when you're doing a short position, but you don't. You have to take more, no more consideration about a short than, than a long position. Now, the shorter market you have to trade to is through a CFD. Now, if you trade with 1% of your capital and you put a stop loss in place, the worst case scenario is that you will lose 1% of your capital, which means you have 99% left. So no, it's no more risky. It's no more scary because you're following a set of rules that you only risk 1% of your account. So if it loses, you've only lost 1%. And so with gold, um, you've talked about the price being a big factor on whether to short or go long in the market. But what are some of the kind of the fundamental reasons for why it has been dropping in value? Well, I suppose that's probably the, the easiest answer of them all. You have people who are looking at gold as a, a safe haven when the pandemic hits, okay? So once, um, once the storm hits and everyone, everyone started batting down the hatches, where, where does any scared money go is to tangible assets. And, and the tangible asset was gold because the stock market was continuing to plummet. You have US dollar was continuing to get massively weaker. Um, crypto was sort of huddling um, at around the, the eight thousand mark six thousand mark so you know what i mean that there's there wasn't a whole lot to a place to put your money in and a lot of people don't think as crypto as a tangible asset so the the, the ideal place was to go was gold and and it just went and risen risen because of that and we had a huge we had huge demand on us and that's that's literally why it happened and went up because of supply and demand now also whatsapp are hitting happening now it hit this record high we now have people looking at it as well it's it's now overvalued you now have the potential of the vaccines coming out and i know we've talked about the vaccines quite a lot and you have seen the reaction of the s p 500 to the vaccines so they have all sort of taken a massive spike to the upside which means then you actually have seen the exact same correlation to the downside 
on gold at the minute because people are jumping out of their out of their gold position, which is now, in their opinion, overextended. They're jumping into the likes of the undervalued stocks, the likes of oil, the likes of um, travel industry, the likes of aviation, stuff like that that has potential huge upside, and they're now taking profit and they're just literally moving their money sideways into other into other things. And and that's and that's it. And that's literally all that's, all has happened. We also have then we have a, a rise on the likes of Bitcoin and all kinds, and people are jumping in there as well. So they can see that there's value in markets that are moving rather than a market that has already moved. Okay, great. Well, let's move on to topic two then, which is Palantir. Hopefully I've uh, pronounced that right. So this is one of the tech companies that kind of hit the stock market just at the right time because they IPO'd in September this year. And so for those who don't know, they're a specialist in artificial intelligence, machine learning, and basically just big data. Done very well. Now, they were up 337% since we last spoke about it. This was about the IPO, which, is, which has done really, really, really well. Now, the, the problem is, is that with IPOs, we, we sometimes are a little bit, what would you call it, scared of IPOs because a lot of these IPOs are generally overvalued and they take a, a, a pretty big drop. But the likes of Plantier have, have done quite well. So we've talked about um, another IPO recently, which is Snowflake. They've not done so well, while Palantir have done well. So, so what's, the, what's made them be able to have this good performance versus other IPOs? Well, you're comparing here apples to apples, so it's, 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 a, it's, a good, it's a good comparison. So Snowflake was the big IPO of 2020. So it was one that a lot of people have talked about. You had the likes of Warren Buffett jump in on it. You have the likes of Salesforce buy, buy a huge proportion of it. Uh, and, but the thing about this, this has also risen 70%. Okay, but Palantir, it was the big winner from the IPO last is because it is it is risen. They, it, they got their valuation correct. They weren't didn't overvalue themselves in the market. Whereas the likes of Snowflake, a lot of people looked at this and was were very put off by the actual price of it because it wasn't massively making money up to that particular point. But if we look into the likes of Palantir, they have they have got their price point correct. Now, this, as you say, it's a big data analytics company, and given its exposure to government contracts, investors were initially cautious about the, the scalability. But as we know, coronavirus came out. Palantir were have been the the company that has come out there with the track and trace. They've done really really well in this particular sector, and uh, yeah, they've gone on from strength to strength and. The company is also developing tools to help authorities and logistics to help with the, the vaccines, with the outputs, with the, the likes of the storage with, and stuff like that, of the, and the tracks and, and the trace of the likes of the vaccine as well. So this has also helped and have, they were fingers in, in, in the vaccine pies. So that, that means there is loads of potential for them moving forward as well. Yeah, so hearing that, this sounds like there is potential upside and we haven't, or we potentially may have not missed the boat on this one. Yeah, well, I, I'd agree. So as an investor, we're always looking to uh, for signs of, of good news on the horizon. And this could be giving investors some confidence with the company and diversification of the revenue streams because that was that was the big thing with the likes of this Palantir is where where are they going to generate the revenue from? Yes, they have they have a good relationship with the with the likes of the government, but where are they going to bring their earnings for? And now with the likes of coronavirus, with the likes of the tracks and trace, with the likes of all the data analytics from the likes of the vaccine, 
to keep track of people and pulling out all that. So that, that is something that has helped them massively. So the company's Q3 earnings due on the 12th of November. Investors are likely to anticipate this as a, as a pretty strong quarter. So if it's something that um, we're expecting some good news out there, we would expect this to continue rising over the next couple of days and even, and even potentially see a pretty big jump on the 13th when the earnings come up. But like I said to everyone, make sure you do your little bit of research. Make sure you're actually looking into the numbers and seeing what's the difference between the Q2 and the Q3 numbers. And if the numbers are good, we would expect some sort of a jump, yes. And what should potential investors be um, keeping an eye on as kind of, you know, little watch outs that it might not be performing quite so well? Well, see, the thing about it is, it's just is literally, is literally in. You will have Wall Street. You will have the, you will have the like say analysts out there who will, who will do their analysis. And what you have to do is you have to find that little nugget of that little nugget in there. So spend spend a couple of hours just reading the reports, reading what people are expecting, reading what um, the general consensus is. And if the general consensus across them all is this is going to be a good a good quarter, you then have to make an educated decision. Um, but if you're coming out where 50% are saying, no, that's bad, and 50% are saying it should be good this quarter, then you, you probably sidestep it and stay away. Okay, well, let's move on to topic three then, which is Jumia. So this was once tagged as Africa's answer to Amazon. Um, they've been on a little bit of a wild ride over the last couple of years. And since their listing on the New York Stock Exchange back in April 2019, um, they're also Africa's first unicorn. Um, but they're basically an internet retail company, aren't they? Yeah, so for, for people out there who don't know what a unicorn is, it's not one of these things, horses that has a horn and it doesn't, you, you, it doesn't exist. <laughs> it is, it's classed in, in, in trading terms as the first company that has hit a, a billion dollar in valuation. And so it, it, it's a pretty big deal around here. <laughs> and it, so in Africa, it services 10 African countries. So there is ro- the room to scale in this is absolutely huge. Now this rubs shoulders with some of the big buys in the space. I like to the Amazons, the Alibabas of this world. And, and we know that this is a, an e-commerce platform or an e-marketplace. And as we know over the from this podcast over the last year, that e-commerce, e-market, anything with an E in front of it has done extremely well through this pandemic. Why? Because the platform was ripe for, for people to come and buy and sell on the, on the actual platform. There's been a big jump in its stock price from the low of March to where they are now. How has this company done? Yes, there's been an amazing jump in the stock market from the likes of the low of the pandemic. So we, we've, we've seen some really, really big jumps in the market from the likes of the lows of March. So you have the likes of um, some of the tech companies. You have likes of the Amazons of the world who have done two, 300% since the low of March. Stuff like that. So you've had, you've had a lot of companies who have done extremely well. You have the likes of Neo from the likes of the bottom of March have gone up 700%. Um, year to date. But if we look at the likes of Zoomier, uh, the stock was at a low of $2.16. It's now at a high of, of $40.65. So this means that it's a 1,763% jump in the stock. Now, the question is, Dylan, did you buy some stocks in this company? Wow, that is a really, really um, impressive growth. I think that's got to be probably a record for this podcast. I don't think we've ever covered something that's grown that much, is it? 
No, you, you, absolutely. It's 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 had a huge growth. It's 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 had a had a massive jump. Um, and one of the one of the big reasons for the likes of this jump is down to is down to numbers. Okay, it is it is basically down to numbers, and it's one of the things we have here is we have a lot of a lot of short sellers in the market here because this was this was up at a high of fifty dollars. So it, we're not we're not up at the record high. We're about twenty percent off the record high. There were a lot of short sellers, and it's driving it down. So a lot of people made a lot of money from from that low. So at at the low there wasn't it wasn't a true reflection on the amount of money the company was making compared to the actual value of the company. So the PE ratio would have been really, really nice back down there. But once the, once the buyers then saw value in and jumped in, we've seen this huge growth. But one of the big things is that has helped it is, is it's Q2, Q3 numbers. Okay, so the Q3 numbers is, uh, is the growth profit increased by 22% year on year. That is pretty decent. But the big one is operation losses decreased by 49%. And they also had a, a third revenue stream, which was which is pretty new to them. Uh, Jumia pay um, total amounts increased by 50% year on year. So that was also really, really good. Now, something that also gave them massive exposure was CNBC. And um, a couple of their analysts were, were talking about the company being massively undervalued over the last couple of months and then we've seen a huge jump at the beginning of October in the stock so it's all added to this little bit of uh, good fortune good news on the likes of this yeah since it did hit its um, peak at around the $40 mark there has been a little bit of a pullback I've seen it's about 12% pullback just today and we're now at kind of the $32 mark Um, do you think that going to continue or that they will find a, a level pretty soon yeah, see, things like this, this, this reminds me massively of the likes of the Beyond Meat. So they're probably, probably very similar in that they're pretty new. And what happens is you get a good run at a start, then it pulls back, and then it slowly starts to shake out all the cobwebs, all the people who just jump in on IPOs, and you actually get people who are investing in it in long term, people who actually believe in what they're actually doing. So this, for me, we've had a massive spike. We've had a huge... We've We've had a huge jump. It's jumped um, since mid-October from $12 up to 40, which is which is a phenomenal growth in the space of 10 days, 15 days. So I wouldn't be looking to invest in this till it comes back to the $20 mark. So there is a nice technical level at about the $20 mark. And if so, that's a 50% retracement. And, and people are always saying, well, will it, will it come back that far? Well, and I say 50%, it's 50% from the high. It's about 33% from where it is now today. So I would I would like to see it come back into that area. And then we have value. Now, am I going to expect to see the same return on investment straight away again? No, this is something that I would look at long term. I'd be sitting and holding long term. A bit like the beyond meets of this world is that you sit, hold on to it um, and let it run because there is huge upside in this. If this gets anywhere near the levels of the likes of Amazon, the likes of Alibaba, the likes of Shopify, eBay, you know what I mean? If it gets anywhere near the likes of that, then we are all sitting very, very pretty on our $20 entry if it comes back that far. Great. Well, that's it for this week's podcast. Is there anything else that you think people should be keeping an eye on? 
Oh, massively. The big one, the big one this week is 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 crypto, whether it's an old coin or whether it's Bitcoin. You have to be, you have to be looking at that and you have to be getting inside if it if it is if it breaks and stays above that twenty thousand mark. And then if it comes back down and retest that twenty thousand mark, that would be a really, really nice level. But remember, the likes of crypto or the likes of Bitcoin may not do that. But there are value in some of the altcoins, so just be aware that we can we can jump into other assets and jump into other places like the likes of the alts and actually have much better value than the likes of Bitcoin sometimes. But it will keep will keep our eyes peeled on this and looking for opportunities. Well, thanks everyone for listening to this week's podcast. You can learn more about the markets on Henry's weekly webinar, which you can find by going to the Toro Trading School, which just search that on Google. Thank you very much, everyone, and have a lovely day. Thanks. You've been listening to Digest and Invest by eToro. For more information, visit eToro.com.